0: MSW Media Hello friends before we get rolling with this exciting thrilling exhilarating episode of the podcast featuring actor Colin Donnell and Joe Beatrice of Barrelcraft Spirits I just want to tell you tell you if you're in the LA area Wednesday July 13th we're going to be doing a live recording of this show at Townhouse in Venice, California, featuring a a A list lineup of comedic talent: Kim Congdon, Jeff Dye, Zane Lamprey, Max Kestenbaum, and Mike Friedman. Bringing it. It's sponsored by our friends at Rabbit Hole. It's twenty dollars a ticket, but you get a drink with that, so it's kind of a wash, right? For tickets, go to townhousevenice.com, click on calendar, you'll see the show there, what we're drinking with Dan Dunn and friends. Oh, and it's the night before my birthday. Come celebrate with me. I'm turning 30. Oh, my nose is growing. Uh, Where's the theme song? Where's the theme song when you need it? (laughs)
1: We'll pour yourself a glass, sit for a spell, it's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. Well, this is what we're drinking with and done. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> joining me now boy this is exciting two gentlemen who have been on this show have have been gracious enough to appear on this show numerous times and every time seems like it gets better than the next but never they've never been on together until now together at last he's an actor you know him from such. A, ah, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, He's, a, yeah. he's an actor. You know him a bunch of stuff, but he's more famous for being our East Coast co-host, Colin Donald. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And also with us, frequent visitor to this space. He is the proprietor of Barrel Craft Spirits, and you know I love me some barrel. And he's going to—oh, boy, we got new stuff today. New stuff. I can't wait for him to walk us through this. Joe Beatrice. Joe, how are you, man?
2: I'm great. Thanks for uh, having me on.
0: And uh, you and Colin are just meeting now for the first time. This is, uh, yep. you know, Colin is, uh, Colin's quite the whiskey aficionado. I do enjoy a tipple. <laughs> he was very excited uh, when we said we were going to do this one. So
1: Because think... I've never done, I've never gotten to do a barrel tasting with you, Dan. That's right. <laughs> but you had my wife on. Yes. With Stellum.
0: Oh, that's right. Patty Murin. That's right. Yes. Joe, you know that this is Colin's wife, right? Yes. No, no,
1: I I
2: did. I I just found out.
0: Now, you know, as you can see, we talk about a lot of things on these show. I didn't even bring that up I'm like, hey, Usually nothing uh, of relevance. I was though, so, so excited to have Patty on the show that I just completely forgot Colin existed.
1: Well, that's fair. I was afraid for a little bit that she was going to replace me as the East Coast co-host um, with good reason, because she's more charming, more intelligent and uh, and frankly, a lot better looking. So, yeah. you know,
0: no one's arguing with you, uh, but uh, no, it is no good to not. have you back, man. <laughs> Colin was gone for a while, Joe. He was over in Australia making TV.
1: That we just found out is going to be coming to uh, coming to the air November thirtieth, oh. which seems like a long time from now, but it is just around the corner. Yeah, is it?
2: Can you tell us what it is? The name? Yeah
1: it's it's a show called Irreverent. It's uh, it's going to be a it's a new show that's going to be on Peacock. Uh, with a bunch of other great shows that they've got coming this year, and uh, I play a, a criminal from Chicago who has to go on the run uh, after a deal goes bad, and he ends up impersonating a preacher in a very tiny little beach town in the far north of Australia, which is where we shot it.
2: Yeah. Is that that doesn't sound like a real stretch for you?
0: It sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> He was a preacher back in the day. And a
1: criminal. And a criminal. Uh, wait, we don't talk about that. No,
0: though. no. So let's, uh, I, I want to kick things off right away by by trying, because Joe uh, sent me and Colin both, this is all new stuff we got here. And we've talked about, so Barrel comes out with batches of their bourbon, but then they also have of their, their signature bourbon the cask strength. Everything's cask strength that you do, actually. Um, We know that from previous conversations. But you also have different expressions, the seagrass and the dovetail, and you've sent us both of those. Are they on the market yet?
2: No. Batch 33 is just getting uh, released. Um, And the dovetail uh, version is, it's the gray label dovetail. And that is not even bottled. We just finished blending it and got your sample of it. Nobody's you're among the first to taste this. <clears throat>
0: wow. I'm so excited about 131 that. Proof. <laughs> 131 proof. Well, 13154. Wow. Okay. Good night, gentlemen. So you're not screwing it's, it's, around, <laughs> Joe. Clearly, what should we start with today? Let's start with batch
2: 33. Okay. Okay. Um, Cuz that that's just a mere hundred and sixteen-six proof.
1: Is there a reason why you guys decided to really focus on cask strength, uh, bourbons.
2: Yeah. Um, it's really simple. Um, I tasted whiskey out of the barrel ages ago and, and it it just stuck with me as this is the way whiskey is meant to be drunk. It is just, it, it's so flavorful. It's, you get all the nuance, you get everything in it. And so we, that was one of the cornerstones of what we do, which is which is that's why the proofs are all over the place, because the proofs are whatever it happens to be coming out of the barrel. I mean, the only water in our place is for drinking at this point. So it's... <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's awesome. So this, is, so this is a... And so every one of the batches is a blend. Um, it's a unique blend. We don't replicate them. This is comprised of five, six, seven, and nine-year-old barrels from... Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana. This is our 33rd batch. Uh, we generally use four batches a year and um, one New Year expression. So this is the second one this year.
0: And this thing is potent as well, weighing in at?
1: 116.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, Colin, Which bo- There in each bottle is individually numbered. Which one do you have?
1: I have... Uh, bottle number two, seven, nine, five, eight. I'm two, nine, three,
0: three, seven. What the hell?
1: Thus continues. The, Joe? of me getting sent some really, I like to think of it as more special than any bottle. I'm 2000
0: bottles less than him. This is craziness. What's going on right now? Come on. Yeah.
2: It's, uh, yeah, it's certainly get, it's certainly get up there.
0: Um, how many of these are you going to do? How many bottles of this will you put out total?
2: Yeah, we generally bottle between, uh, you know, five thousand cases is of, of, of uh, four and a half liter bottles is you know sort of what we're shooting for. So
0: five thousand cases—that's thirty thousand.
1: Yeah, that's thirty thousand bottles. Correct. You're right at the end, then, Dan. Yeah, well, you are the last in line. Really, That's
0: where I belong, I guess. Let me see. Um,
2: well, I have twenty eight four sixty here, so I think I think
0: I. So you're at Colin's Moore. Well, he's he's a celebrity. You ever notice the guys that need it the least, they get they get the best stuff. Yeah. Come in. Oh, you're not paying, Mister Donald. You're not paying. I loved you on Chicago Med, and he can afford it. I can't afford it. He's a doctor. He's a goddamn doc. He's well. Now he's a reverend. Yes, and he was a superhero. What else were you? Uh. A dick? Uh, a you, were a di- you were a dick on... No, I mean, not na- not you in a, as a person, but you were a dick yes. on um, The Affair. Yes. On Showtime. Yes, You're kind of a dick. I didn't know Colin then, and I watched The Affair, and I was like, this like, guy guy's a dick. is such a convincing dick. I bet he's a dick in real life, and that's the power of acting, because he's not. He's not a dick, but
1: I thought it... I, we're only the first sip in, really, though, so <laughs> like, it, it can only go downhill from here.
0: By the end, it's like, you fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, uh, I'm, you got to go to my Instagram at the imbiber because I am going to put up some video here. This is not a, f- Colin's background is maybe the best background we've ever had on the show and it's real. It's not even a fake, this isn't a, a fake background. This is your, that's not a zoom screen?
1: No, it's not. I'm sitting in the woods. Okay. So my, uh, my internet is out at my house right now. Uh, and our neighbor was kind enough to let, uh, my wife and I borrow his password so I'm sitting nearby to his home, and careful not to show any of his things. But yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just sitting outside. This is not a Zoom background. I could. It's real. I would.
0: By the way, Joe, this is why Colin is the East Coast co-host. Dedication. That's all we require on this show. I said, I actually did. I did. True. I te- he texted me. Said his internet's out. I said, look, I'll reach out to Joe and see if he wants to reschedule. And Colin said, no fucking way, man. That's nope. not how yeah. I roll. He said, no, we're doing it.
2: And that's what we did. That's dedication.
0: He actually said, we'll do it live.
1: That's what he was saying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway,
0: I'm sorry. I Everything
1: can go wrong.
0: What are you getting here, Colin? What do you, let's get your tasting notes on this.
1: Look, I think you and I both know that my palate is perhaps the most unrefined palate that ever existed. That is not true. My wife, that is true. My wife is a super taster. If you tell me what to taste, I will taste it.
0: Joe, tell him what he's tasting. Oh, there's a lot.
2: There's, there's certainly stone fruit and black pepper. To me, there's black pepper right, right up there. It's, it's you getting
1: right that, there. Colin? You getting that? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, yep. he's getting it. Nice out. and nice and nice and spicy on the front.
2: Hey, go ahead Get the nose. Keep going, John. And, and there's, this, 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 to me, the pear really just jumps out. The pear Got on me. the front part. of the You palate. getting the pear?
1: Oh. I've never had a fruit in my life before
0: that's <laughs> how so he no, stays I, healthy I,
1: I, I, that's right you don't get a body like this by eating fruit. it's
0: all meat all the time
1: <laughs> and booze apparently all right, i
0: just got off a three-day <laughs> juice cleanse i did a juice cleanse i have nothing but juice and now i'm on are the, you hammered right now i'm drunk on one sip i'm like <laughs> i'm kidding no i'm not drunk we don't condone
1: Juice no, cleanses. We don't drinking.
0: condone juice cleanses here on the show. I don't recommend any of you do that. But me. Yes. Um, what else, Joe? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting.
2: I don't. I I get I get some cor- like corn notes, more hush puppy than corn.
0: Mm. Um,
2: great. There's a li- there's really a, a, a drop of grapefruit toward the back for me.
1: I was I was going to say I do taste like. Um, like almost like a grilled corn kind of vibe, like a cooked corn, not yeah. a, like it's that sweetness that comes through after you've popped it on the grill and,
0: yeah. you know,
1: that's how you eat corn, right?
0: Like, what if we popped a little water in there Would that, that might help it like take it down the alcohol. Up, a little bit? It'll, it'll open it up a bit, you know, and that's,
2: that's the beauty of this. It's, it is, you know, you're, you taste things at different times of the day, it depends on what you've eaten, we all taste we all taste things differently. But you know, it, the really nice thing about this is all of these expressions are so layered that there's multiple things going on and that's in that's by design. I mean, that this is how we blend them so that you get this stacking of of experiences and you, you tease out the different things in, you know, in different ways. But
0: how do you know that? That's, this is the thing people always ask me, right? How do you know when you're doing this, Joe, That you're like, Oh yeah, I want to have a little tinge of grapefruit at the end. And if we, how do you, what is it? Just trial and error. You're like,
1: do it 10,000 times. That seven year barrel is going to be sound. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be cooked corn.
2: Yes. Well, well, the, the we actually really do. We, we know a lot about what the different barrels profiles will bring. But it is really, when we get in the lab, it is experimentation and playing with it and manipulating. And we're blending so, hundreds of samples to get to this one blend.
1: So how long between that first blend that you make to deciding this is our batch number 33. How long does that process take? How long is that hundreds of samples? I mean, are you like, is it like a 10-day binge or? Well, I know we, it's not
0: that. We, we have, so we will, we have a simultaneous. Joe climb. stumbles out of the distillery. <laughs> we right. got it! We got it, damn it! <laughs> oh, you see us then. We did. Sure, we're talking bourbon and rye in this episode, and with good reason, because it's awesome. But come on, discerning drinkers shouldn't limit themselves to whiskey, not when there's so many other great spirits to sip. Like rum, for instance. We here at the WWD Pod are extremely fortunate to have one of the best rums in the world as a sponsor. Talking about Batiste rum, baby. My friends John and Tristan and their team of magic makers just know how to do it right. Batiste rum is the first sustainable American craft rum. They make it using an eco-positive, solar-powered manufacturing process from beginning to end. Batiste is made from 100% pure, fresh cane juice. Don't use that molasses or sugar crystals. If you like your tequila 100% agave, then you'll like your rum 100% cane juice. And most importantly, pay attention. It's an incredibly damn delicious rum to be enjoyed neat or in cocktails. So here's what you're gonna do. I... Go to BatisteRum.com, that's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com, fill up your cart, enter code DUNN, D-U-N-N, that's my last name, (laughs) DUNN, I'm rambling, at checkout, and you get 20% off everything you've ordered. That's cold, hard cash in your pocket, and we can all use some of that right now, can't we? How you gonna pay for gas? Folks, Batiste Rum is the shiznit, faux shizzle. It's proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow, but a reality today. I'd like to do this in a radio announcer voice. What do Hamilton Beach, Cuisinart, and Skrillex have in common? They're all great mixers, but are they the best mixers in the world? Oh, forget that. Not in my book, no. (laughs) Back to my regular voice. For my money, Fresh Victor produces the best mixers. Does that even make sense? I don't know. The Fresh Victor part does, but my lead-in doesn't. Anyway, it's been a long, hot summer so far. Uh, speaking of heat, no better way to cool off than with refreshing cocktails made with Fresh Victor, because Fresh Victor is a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that taste like rainbows spewed from the mouths of unicorns. All the ingredients are fair trade source. There's no fake stuff in there, none. And the bonus of a fresh mixer over those ready-made canned cocktails isn't just the jump in quality, it's the fun of making it yourself. Like, your guests are going to be like, look at this guy, he's like Dale DeGroff over there. Dale DeGroff's a famous bartender, look it up. Fresh Victor features eight unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate, and these mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Right now, Fresh Victor's offering a summertime special exclusively for listeners of the What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn podcast. Simply go to freshvictor.com, put stuff in the shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market, and that's Fresh Victor
2: if you saw us, but we have hundreds of samples of things that we're trying and we just start experimenting and playing with it. And it's really myself and Dick Christensen and Trip Simpson on the blending team. And we all, we we've done this so much and so many times together that we all really know each other's palates very well. We're always testing each other on these things too. Like we, we blind taste everything. So we'll throw something in there that's completely has nothing to do with anything we're tasting just to make sure keep everybody honest
1: and, Psych, you know, that was vodka.
2: I mean the real, I'll tell you the real some of our tasting notes don't ever make see the light of day because sometimes it just goes a little sideways and it's like it's a little bit it smells like oh,
0: Is this how you weed people out, Joe? You're like Trip, are you picking up any hints of you who <laughs> No? Well, I put some in there, you're fired.
1: Honestly, two to three weeks. Oh, two me- to three weeks was was a lot shorter than I thought. And and when you guys go after it, are you like are you picking stuff that you want to be tasting? Or are you picking something unique for the next batch? Or are you picking something that you think you haven't done in a while? Like, what is all it that the, makes... All
2: the above. All the yeah. above. We're always trying to bring something a little bit different to the equation. And so once we... The, the interesting part of this to me is always how little it takes to, to influence the flavor. I mean, will we'll, when we incorporate a, a weedy bourbon, which is not in this one it can be a fractional amount of the percentage in there and we can taste it and feel it and 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 we know when it's too much because it can flatten the bourbon very quickly and so once we do the lab blend lab blend um, <laughs> we then <laughs> we then have to
1: get that one sixteen. It's
0: 116 proof, <laughs> folks. Just let, just say, and
1: yeah. and then and then, uh, and then We're going to batch right? 34 right now. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: that's what, oh, we're not doing 34. Yeah. And we we're, we're, we're uh, we then we then blend it. We then dump barrels into the tank to get to the volume, and we started about 50 percent of the volume we need, and then we taste. So once we start blending with these large tanks, we put it in there with different this proprietary piping and and the way we built the agitators. Um, so that we could turn over the contents of the tank in in about twenty minutes, and the whiskey's angry at that point. What
0: do you mean when you say
2: it's, it's angry? Angry, it's been agitated, and it's like, Urgh.
0: Um,
2: like just it's like, like you on you a drank Saturday it, night. It
0: me on Saturday, <laughs> yeah, it's like me after a couple more. It days. settles
2: down. It just settles down overnight, and then and then we just then we step our way up to our final volume.
1: So because it's, it's not it's, a straight ratio, right? It's not like no. what you did in the lab test will work at 50% of the bat and will work at 75 or 80 or 100%, right? Well, we, hope
2: it, we hope it does. Oh, okay. It, it doesn't always. <laughs> and so then we're, we're adjusting. So you're, that's a really good point. I mean, I, most people wouldn't. I, that's very good. Um, so if it's... If it, East Coast co host.
0: This is why, this is why, why Dan brought it. me
1: on. got the job. Dan, I don't know. We're going to cut
0: that part out, it's by the way. I don't like him showing me oh, up on the
1: episode. So, you know, we,
2: we may end up, you know, if it's 10, 20, 30, 15%, we may end up, as we start getting into the end of it, changing those ratios a little bit because we'll compare it back to what we were trying to go for. Right. So it's, an it's a very iterative process.
0: I, I got a question for you, Colin. Okay. Patty likes whiskey too. And you, I know you have a fairly formidable collection of whiskeys, whether it's barrel or some of the other ones that we've had on the show. And you try the different expressions. Do you fall in love with one verse? I taste so many that I'm probably jaded, but do you have certain ones in your collection where you go, Oh no, I loved that. You know, like I, that was my favorite batch or my favorite expression of a, of a barrel
1: or whoever. It might oh, be. absolutely. Cause I think that, I mean, it's, it's always fun for me to go look for the same bottle that I, I fell in love with. Like I say, I fall in love with the bottle and I'm like, Oh, well I'm going to get the next batch that comes out Mm. and see what it's like. And generally, you know, it's, it's exciting in a new way, but I'm always excited to try the next new thing. Right. To see, like, for example, I mean, I love sampling barrel as much as I can, but, uh, high West does their, um, Midwinter's Night Dram every year.
0: And they change that up every year, yeah.
1: And, like, I remember the first time I had it, I, to be quite honest, I didn't really like it, but I kept coming back to it because I thought it was really interesting. And each one has grown on me. And, I, you know, I have, like Dan said, I've got a, you know, fairly significant collection. And oftentimes, from the same distillery, because I think, you know, the the interesting ones, like you guys, are doing fun things with each new product that they come out. Each new batch is something uh, something new to the taste and new to the senses. And it becomes, you know, not to get poetic about it, but but it becomes an adventure every time you open the bottle and you're like, oh, what's this one going to be like? And that's half the fun of it, really.
0: So that leads me to a question for you, Joe, because I know that you try other whiskeys. You mentioned High Whisk, and I know you're a fan of other – do you – have brand other whiskey brands that you're that you're that you're trying, and they do they put out a new expression and you go ooh, I first off I see what they did mm-hmm. there because you're going to know better than most. And does that ever inspire you to go all right? You know, uh, Old Forester did this and I like that thing that they just did there. Mictors did this. I can do this and better. You know what? Well, <laughs> I, seriously, <laughs> like I, I, I when That's I listen, what I'm laughing. Yeah, when I listen to other podcasts, when I listen to other podcasts, I go oh I all right I see what they're doing there I gotta try some more of that stuff I got to put some more of this in it's fun do you get inspired by other yes, brands
2: inspired and we're so competitive that that we all we do is we're like okay we can beat that and so then it's our mission in life to do something that did that just goes beyond that but for the most part we're really iterating our own our own product ideas we I mean we have we have a white, we whiteboard every concept and we have a stack of, we have more ideas than we can get blended in, in the time we have. So, so, I mean, it's inspiring and, and every once in a while I'll be like, mm, I think we can do better than that. But it really it's we sort of are on our own, our own trajectory and we blend what we think tastes great. And that's worked. It's not like we're trying to blend to something that we think somebody will like. If we don't all like it and agree, it doesn't get in the bottle. We just, and in fact, that happens sometimes. We'll be blending something and it'll be like, eh, you know what? It's it's not there. Let's put it aside. So we put it, lock it down in steel. You know, it doesn't age anymore. And we'll put it come back to it in a month or two. And um, it's mingled, so the whiskey's always mingling whenever you have it together. And it, it does change over time. And we'll come back to it and maybe get inspired and do something different. You I know, mean, it's it's that kind of process. It really it's very fluid. Gotcha. Um and
1: it's just Is it why you have, have a team of, of three blenders on there? Is it so that you guys make sure that there's always not if there isn't a unanimous vote, then somebody's getting voted off the island? Ah <laughs> no, I, I the uh, there you go. You do. Yeah, I think the buck stops at you.
0: Well, it's funny what you're saying though about that because and I want to ask Colin about him with his acting process, but so for me, for instance, if I'm writing, I learned this on my first book. Or, excuse me. I learned it after my first book which I don't love, but whatever. We all get better as we go. So in my first book, if I were to go back and look at it, I could go, oh, while I was writing the book... This part, I was reading Tom Robbins. I can tell because I'm trying to ape Tom Robbins and I'm fucking it up, you know, and then it's like, oh, and then in this chapter, I was clearly reading John Irving because I'm trying to mimic John Irving and I'm fucking it up. And so I made a vow after that, whenever I was writing, I won't read anything, anybody else, because I don't want it to influence what I'm doing, and it just does, whether I want it to or not. If I'm if I'm reading somebody else's book and it's a great book, I mean, even I like even on that first book I was reading Haruki Murakami, <laughs> which is the furthest thing away from me, and I love Murakami, and I'm like, I think there was one part where I'm like, what am I doing? I'm trying to be Haruki Murakami. <laughs> Colin, do you get that too? With like when acting, are you like I don't want to like if you played a role that somebody else mm-hmm. had already played, for instance, would you be like shy away from that because you don't want to You know,
1: some people are it, it, it's a little different in my case actually, because I you know I, I've been an understudy on Broadway before and I've been an understudy for different shows. And there's always this thing of like a lot of actors don't want to see what's been done before because they want this totally fresh take, which I appreciate. I, I can understand that vibe. But say when I was doing um, the, the, the musical version of Almost Famous out in San Diego, I love Billy Crudup's portrayal of the role in the movie, mm. and I love to steal. It's like if it worked for him, it's never going to be the same on me as it uh, as it was on him. But if it worked, why not try it? So I mean, there's like a I, I'm I'm gonna mess up the quote. It's like uh, you know, good actors copy, great actors steal, and it's like I, I just. I find no reason to not at least do what somebody did because it's never gonna be the exact same thing that it was for them that it is for me. Like I'm I'm gonna fuck it up in some way, but maybe I'll mess it up in a way that works for me and it the still role works for the audience yeah. or and for, and for the, the audience.
0: audience. Yeah. I mean everybody does that, but I guess it just comes down to a point is there a Is there a moment you consciously say, I have to block this thing out because I don't want to bring this to my performance?
1: Well, it's something about getting out of your, I think to be successful, you sort of have to get out of your own way. So whatever influenced you coming into it, when it's time to actually do the thing, you just got to kind of forget all about it. And I mean, we're always, I think actors are always, it applies everywhere, but actors are always overanalyzing themselves. And sometimes in the moment, sometimes afterwards, I mean, we're always self-reflective and trying to figure out what worked, what didn't, how could we change, what could be better, what could be, what was so bad that it's, we just got to give it up. <laughs> and there's this, um, I, you know, I think whatever you find is helpful for you ends up being the right thing for you. And for me, it's always been, you know, I'm able to look at somebody's performance. If it's a role that I'm stepping into and say, all right, this worked, this worked, this worked, but now it's all about me. And I'm going to steal what I want and let it come through as who I am giving the performance. And I don't know, I guess it's worked.
0: Sure. Yeah. It it, so it, it sounds like to me, which was, is interesting, is that the process is very similar to what you're doing and what Joe is doing because it's like, all right, we have all this stuff and it's it's like a question of like what you're going to reveal, what you're going to conceal, what, what's going in, what's being left out. It's a similar craft in a way and maybe that's why so many famous people are getting into <laughs> the booze business now is because it is, it, it's a form of expression. I've found when I've talked to... Uh, and by the way, uh, Joe, when it comes time for Colin and I to start our own whiskey, we're going to go to you to be our our guy. Just letting you know because it's coming. It's coming soon. Wait, wait, wait. Um, Again,
2: before you get off the topic, I just I'm Colin. I got to ask you. So, when you're getting when you're when you're in that group, are you walking around in that character? You make your wife call you by your na- the character name? No, Is that how you do it?
1: <laughs> no. I am the furthest thing from any sort of. Uh, quote unquote method actor that you find i like I love goofing off in between takes, I love like playing around you know when it's time to work it's time to work, but i i don't I try not to carry anything home with me and i, I
0: but what was weird was when Patty could not let go of Princess Anna, yes. And she would come home and be Princess Anna all the time, and kind of like, can we drop it No.
1: She's like, she go, Hello, do you mind Colin putting this home? dress over my head? Like, I, I can't get dressed by myself in the morning anymore. Uh, How
0: long is this Broadway run? Eight months?
1: <laughs> Shit. God damn it. it. for two years, man.
0: Imagine if she was Princess Anna at home for two years. I Our daughter might her. love it. I mean... And by the way, I want to, we're going to pour some, let's pour another whiskey because I want to raise a, it isn't really, it's a shameless way of getting my yes, birthday it in is. this. But uh, what should we move on to next, uh-huh. Joe? Because I want to raise a toast. Uh,
2: let's let's uh, move to the gray dovetail. Okay.
0: The gray dovetail. We're going to talk about this in a second, but before we even talk about it, we'll raise a toast because this is a special week, special week for the world, really, not just for, I mean, just the world in general. So on July 14th, Last year? Last year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. July 14th, two years ago. You ready, Joe, for this toast? Yes. So I was pouring. All right. I'm here. on your schedule here? All right. On July 14th, two years ago, Colin and Patty welcomed their beautiful daughter, Cecily. There you go.
1: Cheers. So let's
0: raise a toast to that. Cheers. Cheers. Here, we'll take a sip. And also, on July 14th, I don't know, 28 years ago. Sure. <laughs> what should we go what's what's plausible 42 years ago let's go 42. I would go with 38 maybe like 38 38 years ago I squirted out into the world and here I am on the same day July 14th But Colin's daughter and I share the same birthday and I could not think of a better whiskey to celebrate it with than this gray label dovetail which is also not available right it's not out yet so tell us about this. This one, by the way, folks, it's only going to get uglier. One thirty one point five four proof, which is significant. Yeah. That's like my uncle's breath right there. That's that's what that's that's the proof on that. Yeah. My uncle Denny. Yeah. Denny in Philly. Yeah, it's his breath. All right. So tell us about this one. So um, we uh,
2: we have the, the dovetail and we have seagrass, oh, wow. which are two ongoing expressions um, and what we wanted to do was we, we went back into our inventories and we're looking for even more rare barrels to, to finish in the same way. And it's an overused term, but to elevate the expression a little bit. So this is, it's almost exclusively 20-year-old um, Canadian whiskey. 20-year-old I I I 20 20 old yeah. Canadian. And,
0: so, so, Colin, so you know this. There, what, what Joe does is they just curate barrels from all over the place. They don't have to the, sit. They curate from, like you said, Canada, all over the States. Anywhere else? Have you gone Scotland or yeah,
2: Scotland, uh, you... Ireland, um, Poland? Um,
0: you want to hear my Polish whiskey joke? Oh, uh, no, no, I do not. <laughs> How many Polish whiskey makers does it? No, I am make... <laughs> sorry. I told you it's 131 proof. Oh. It's, it's Whoa, boy. Um, so this is, you said almost, Primarily Canadian, twenty-year-old, yeah, and so there's
2: these are complex blends, and these these are all three different finishes generally, um, and so some of the whiskey is finished in um, late vintage port pipes, rum barrels we have, and um, Dunn Vineyards Cabernet barrel barrels. Um, so they send good, us French dump. What barrels, am I, you
0: know what? Is just, My favorite yeah, vineyard. It is. Done. I,
2: I know. I, I, I thought you, you own that, right? Isn't that your vineyard?
1: Are you holding out on me, Dan?
0: I, I actually reached out to them once. I was like, Hey, we should do a thing. Cause I got this show and
1: they didn't get back. They're to like, who are you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can you send me a bottle please? It's like a hundred and something bucks, right? Done. Done. Wines Very are expensive, friendly. but what is, by the way, we didn't go. What was the going back to the batch 33? What's the, Retail on that. Uh, 89.99 What's the retail gonna be on the gray label dovetail? Two forty nine ninety nine. I'll get I got 170 cash right now in my Done. pocket. Take it? You take it? All right.
2: You okay. know, they probably thought you Done. were a long lost relative looking for money.
0: <laughs> I gotta tell you this real quick a quick diversion. Years ago I played uh, you know, Farniente, mm-hmm. the one. Okay. the What the hell's his name? I think it was Larry, something Larry. Yeah, I think it was Larry. He was one of the owners of Farniente. And this is back in the day when I was writing for Playboy magazine. I was the booze columnist for Playboy, as you both know. We played in the Pebble Beach Food and Wine Golf Tournament, and Larry and I were teamed up. And Larry said to me, call the office you know, next week, and I want to send you a bunch of wine. And Farniente is a lovely, beautiful wine. So I called, and the woman that answered, she sounded fairly old. She'd been there a while. And she said, who's this? And I said, uh, it left a message. And she said, I said, yeah, can you just tell him it's uh, Dan Dunn from Playboy? And she said, we don't want that. And she hung up on me. <laughs> so I called back. And I said, hey, no, so I call back. I said, hey, sorry, I just called a minute ago. I go, I'm not trying to sell you Playboy. I, I, I write for, listen, stop calling here. I'm not joking I said I just played golf with it click hung up on me <laughs> never got the far niiente never showed up yeah uh, it's it's all, I haven't felt that disrespected since you sent me the bottom of the, the thing here the barrel uh, last bottle available that was it It's all right Joe
1: I, I Joe I still love you but you well, know, look, next time how about Dan he's making up for it by giving you something that's not even available to the public at the moment so
0: true and it's expensive yes yeah. I can impress people when they come over and go, you know how much this is? That's what I tell them. I don't go in and go, you want me to tell you about the nuances of this whiskey? I go, you know how much this is? You know what this whiskey is I'm giving you right now? Do you tell people that, Colin, when they come over? Price?
1: Nobody comes to my house.
0: Oh, okay. But would you? (laughs) Like, would you be like, hey, everybody? I mean. Let me tell you about this whiskey. It's 500 bucks. Generally not. Is that uncouth to do that? I just say, try some. And now, a word from one of our dream sponsors, Low and Brow Beer, circa 1982.
1: You good friends. Do you guys tonight. realize this is our fourth summer place together? Remember that old beach house we had? How about the time you two almost set the woods on fire? <laughs> okay. Who's ready for a Low and Brow?
2: When you want the taste of a truly great American beer, tonight,
1: let it be Low and Brow. You know? I think we finally got this down to an art. Let it be low and raw. Where were we? Sorry. We are talking about the, about the Dovetail. Oh, the Dovetail. Go ahead. Yeah,
0: you know, this is, I, it is like immediately caramel latte. You got it, Colin? Mm-hmm. Caramel latte? Mm-hmm. And grill, Red velvet and cake? Pineapple on the finish. I'm also getting uh, wet yak wool <laughs> on the
1: nose. You getting that, Colin? It used cloth band aid. I think it was.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, we tasted something one time, and my tasting notes were: it, t- it tastes like the nozzle of a, <laughs> of a Dairy Queen soft serve <laughs> that, that in the when they opened up in the morning and they didn't clean it the night before. That's how bad it was.
0: How much Dairy Queen are you eating?
1: Johnny? Out of the you nozzle, know that
0: t- yeah. <laughs> Out of the nozzle. Joe goes.
1: <laughs> After hours breaking knows, into Dairy, <laughs> <laughs> dairy Queen. <laughs>
0: His local dairy queen. He's, well, like, he's one in <laughs> every block in Kentucky. So. Fuck that cone. Let me just put my mouth under there.
1: <laughs> so Dan Dan knows this. When when Patty like Dan was actually the first one to uh sort of say, I think Patty might be a super taster, because when we when we have a new wine or something and she's like, ah, oh, here, try this. And she's like, What do you taste? like I honestly I, you know I, I don't really know she's like it tastes like a cotton ball just before you dip it into a little bit of alcohol and I'm like oh yeah that might be it actually <laughs> she's she it's never a normal tasting note but somehow it is dead on and I never have quite figured out how or why, or if it makes any sense at all. But
2: and let me tell you, because it's really funny. We, when we, we push it, when we talk about that bandaid, is it a plastic bandaid? Is it a cloth bandaid? Is it an ACE bandage? Was it in the metal box? Was it in the cardboard box? They all have different smells and they're, they really yeah. have different smells. And, and so they're we,
1: super evocative. And they're like, yeah. you know,
0: well, women are, I've done some research into this. It's women that are generally super tasters. But you've, I'm sure you've encountered that, Joe, where you've been out on the road tasting people through stuff where you just go, Jesus, that person yeah. gets it, right? Oh,
2: yeah. It's it's so true. You know, and uh, there was, I was reading somewhere, there's some the theory behind it, and I'm not sure I buy it, but it's as we evolved, um, the women had to make sure the food wasn't poisonous so they'd smell it first. And that would be driver. So it developed over time you know, better ability to smell and taste things. I don't know if that's true, but it's a good story.
0: I've had some girlfriends that, you know, had the food been poisoned,
1: they might've been like, here you go, Dan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because you you told them
1: the price of the bottle of the wine that you were serving them.
0: (laughs) Everybody's like, I can't wait to go to a party at Dan's house. All right, next (laughs) up we've got the, uh, we've got the barrel seagrass, which was 200 and what? Yeah, we'll go to that one next. But, um, so the dovetail, when's this coming out,
2: Joe? Uh, I
0: want to say um, probably August. Um, but it's gone, right? As soon as it comes out, it's gone. What kind of lengths have you heard that people have gone to to get the bottles? I mean, because Colin, put it this way, talk about great lengths. Colin agreed to be a co-host on this show just so he could get some whiskey. He threw his all of his credibility out there. He's like, you know what? All right, fine. I'll fucking do
2: it. That's probably the most I've ever heard anybody do. <laughs>
0: Very extreme. He's like, it could ruin. Patty and him sat down. It could ruin my career, but we're gonna get some
1: good whiskey out. We're of gonna this. have a great yeah. bar set up. It'll be great.
2: I, when I will tell you, when we do, we do make some of it available online, and that is always m- just impressive how fast people find it and get to it, and it's it's gone. Uh, it's it's incredibly fast. I mean, so there's definitely people watching and looking. You know, it's an interesting, the business has evolved so much, even in just the last eight or 10 years, Now, people are studying COLAs.
0: Wait, studying what? The
2: COLAs, the Certificate of Label Approval, um, which is every label has to be submitted to the TTB for approval. And then once it's uh, once it's approved, it's published in a public directory. And so the the moment of time between when that gets, sometimes people will contact us before we even know that it's been approved. <sighs> <laughs>
1: Now those are some links. Google's cola directory.
0: <laughs> what's the normal lag? What's the normal time between that cola approval and then when it hits the streets? It really
2: depends. We we try you know as we grow and get um, and get larger, we try to get out in front of them. So um, in this case, it's it's going to be pretty quick. But in some cases, we'll do them in advance if we can, and then other ones we'll just you know we just make stuff up and put it out there. No, I'm just
0: kidding. Okay. I'm thinking about this as I'm drinking it. What would you do with cocktail-wise with this dovetail? When it when something is that high of a proof, Joe, like would you try to dilute it a little bit with, or just put it in a Manhattan?
2: I'm a terrible bartender. Uh, I'm a good cook, but a terrible bartender. It's I, I don't know. I mean, I'm okay, but it, what I what a lot of times some of the higher end mixologists would do is they'll they'll take this like this would be an incredible tiki drink, but you would take it and use some rum with it and and then, you know, do, proof it down a little bit. Um, so the, because some of the notes in here, because the finish on this, this is another three um, barrel type finish, which is it's um Madeira finish, apricot brandy and agricole Martinique rum. So the the agricole is really dry. And you got the apricot, which is sweet, so it's tempered greatly by putting that blend together. And, those, and so those all really come through. And, and our orientation to finish is we don't really want you to we, – we strive for not um, let it, having you taste the actual finished barrel, but we dial it back enough and we don't finish it that long so that what it's elevating – the finish is elevating the whiskey – but you're getting something different, but not necessarily that flavor. So, so the apricot apricot is not really apparent, but it's contributing to a flavor that's creating something a little bit different.
0: Apricots are fruit, you by the way.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh. Never heard of it before.
0: Uh, yeah, you didn't do, it. You didn't
1: do it. No, I do taste it. It kind of floats over the top there. It's like it's just like a, it's got like a wisp. But it's it's
2: herbal, it's herbaceous. I mean, this is this is really herbaceous, you know, rather than the fruit oriented.
0: I put a little water in this, and man, it just opened up. It's great. It's fantastic. Can you get that I'm, oregano,
2: rosemary notes in there.
0: Yes, I mean, should I? I what's the right answer?
2: Oh no, it's not in there at all. I was just seeing what like
0: uh, <laughs> you
1: trick. You trickster!
0: Fired! No, get out of here!
1: <laughs> Never coming on this podcast again.
0: I'm done with this show. Uh, all right. I'm going to tell you what I honestly get ready. I don't need any, I don't need any of your notes, Joe. Here we go. Pins and needles here. It's like a unicorn fucked a rainbow. And this was the baby.
2: Well, are you sure you're not sitting in our meetings? That was the description we were going for.
0: Honestly, it's <laughs> what I ex- expected was a little bit more spice on this because the, you know, the, to me, I think the Canadian whiskeys tend to be a little bit more spicy, <laughs> right? I'm getting a little sweetness yeah. that I wasn't yeah. expecting.
2: This is, to me, such a well-balanced drink. I mean, it's, you could sip this all night, and it just keeps opening up and changing. It's, it's just, you just get different things.
0: Wouldn't it be funny if Joe, Colin, if Joe went, you know, I don't really like it. <laughs> you know, a second but thought. Own the company.
1: Yeah, but y'all yeah, are going to you know, buy it.
0: <laughs> as I'm here on this podcast with you, I'm thinking, yeah, it's kind of shit. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh Breaking news Barrel Barrel Craft Spirits owner denounces his own whiskey before it comes out. Do you think? All right, let me say this: If you did do that, and he's not doing that, but if you did do that on this podcast, and you know how influential this podcast—I mean, the world over—do you think you'd still sell out?
2: um I, I i don't know I'm never that's a, that's a really good question
1: it's not really something uh, that's Joe's ever come to up to like me right yeah. yeah. guys <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah sure what if we taste it later and it just kind of sucks do you think people and then are still going go on a, a it? podcast and, then I and tell it to people everybody. that it su- and then i
0: announce that it sucks it's like this Costanza thing when he goes, I'm going to do the opposite, opposite. of what everybody expects and it works. You well, know, you know I, I have to tell
2: you, I mean, there are moments where, I mean, we're so brutally honest. When we're tasting, we reject so much whiskey and I'll tell you, this is a true story. I was at, early on, I was at an event and um, I went and I was going a, a tasting a, a whiskey festival and I went, I'm, it's sort of, it was really embarrassing. I went to the place and I tasted it and I was like, oh shit, what is this? And I realized, I was talking to the people who made it, and I was like, I was really Ooh. mortified. It was terrible. And and it was, yeah. it was just such a knee-jerk reaction because it was that bad.
0: Look, man, try having a podcast where sometimes you have to, when you have guests on, generally it's the famous <laughs> ones, and you got to be like, I love it. <laughs>
1: i don't want to snoop ask dog jokes, this is the best gin this is the best names, gin, I, I this this the best gin i've, name I've ever had
0: <laughs> well i've said th- i've actually said it before i said it on the corolla show i love me some snoop snoop's gin uh, that was a tough one to choke down i gotta be honest with you it was like uh it was a little rough and uh but for the most part i will I won't gush about things that I don't actually like. And I can think of, I'm not going to name names, but there are a couple of celebrity brands that I've had where I got to look them and I go, yeah, congrats. You did that. (laughs) You made it out. It's on the market. There you go. And I just try to avoid going, I
1: like it. (laughs) I
0: can't. Because I'm trying not to, I don't want to bullshit people. And I'm like, all right. So I just, I go, what an accomplishment. To make a spirit. Because it is. What this has, it's liquid, and it's in a bottle, and it'll get you buzzed. And it's on the shelf. It's all the things you're looking for. But look, I've not had genuine crap.
2: That should be your tagline.
0: (laughs) I mean, if you that's, uh, you know. (laughs) If you want to avoid genuine crap. I got you covered. Listen to this podcast. In general,
1: there is no genuine crap.
0: For the most part, I will not recommend genuine crap. 99% of the time here.
1: Most of it's pretty okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, where most of the stuff is not genuine crap. Boom. (laughs)
0: Ah <laughs> oh, boy!
1: I just got you ten more subscribers.
0: Cutting all of this out, all of this is coming out of the podcast now. Joe, we got our final one that we're going to taste here. Let's do this. This is exciting. Oh, I we already did. This... Did we?
1: I thought no. I no, that me. was the apricot brandy barrels, right?
0: But, uh, yeah, we didn't do all three yet, did we? Why? Well, I've been drinking it, but we didn't really talk about. We it. didn't do the seagrass yet. We, did, we not.
1: did not. We did? We did not.
0: We did not. Are you, Joe, are you messing we with me right now? What's going on? Bit.
1: That's the one. Talked we about it a little right, bit. Let's,
0: can we, can we drink it? Yeah. I have. I've been drinking it for the last hour.
1: I have not. Have you, Colin? I've been having a little sip, yes. I've been drinking the Dovetail. Which is fantastic.
2: Get with the program.
1: Move, move on, Dan. <laughs> the story of Dan Dunn. Moving on. It's the heat. Look at me.
0: Look at me. I'm sweating like a priest at a Boy Scout convention. Easy right there. Look at, look at his shirt. It's soaked. <laughs> all right i'm going to go into the barrel seagrass that joe's been drinking ahead of us all right we did not right. talk about this 128 12 right. that's the proof on this this is not out yet either uh, uh no this is out it,
2: it is looks out. like this
0: oh that's a lovely box and how much is this a bottle um
2: 499.99 a retail
1: a steal under
2: five dollars wow. under five dollars
1: We're we're, we're trying to put value now. That's a deal. It's just about the price of gas these days.
0: Yeah. Wow. All right. Four ninety nine, folks. You heard it here. Barrel seagrass. Four hundred ninety nine dollars. Yes. Let me ask you this: Who you fooling with the four ninety nine ninety nine? It's five hundred bucks.
2: I I don't know why. I don't know why. Who
0: who goes? You know what? I I wasn't going to get it when it was five hundred, but four ninety nine ninety nine. All right, just under my cap.
2: It's. I was sort of doing that as a tongue in cheek, which is like I don't know. It's eighty nine dollars. It's two fifty and five hundred. Yeah,
0: every brand does that. There's never, and and some. I've actually had publicists correct me on the show, they they go, "Oh, it was fantastic," but you said it was seventy, and it's sixty nine ninety nine. What I, I
2: don't. I, yeah, I know that's sort of a traditional marketing thing, but I don't really think it's fooling anybody.
0: If you're out there, person who that one cent. Would matter to? I w- I need you to contact me because I want to have you on the show. I want to pick your brain about. Yeah, my wife said I can never buy anything that's five hundred bucks, but four ninety
1: nine. I get 99? it. Green light.
0: Go. Let's do it. Four bottles, please. <laughs> All right. So this is five hundred bucks. Sorry, and worth every penny. This is a Canadian rye.
2: Uh, it's twenty years old. It is finished in three different uh, finishes. The the um, the Agricole. The Martinique rum.
0: Wait, this is the one we were just yeah, talking. Yes. talking about. So, I you were telling us about it's a different fine. whiskey. So, this is why I'm saying I was expecting to be way more spicy. I, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: the heat, can I just the say heat this? Is slowing you down. We, Maybe <laughs> we should.
0: Can we rewind the, the show? And then... I, don't, I don't think it works like no, that. No, this is actually, this might be the most entertaining podcast we've ever done. I've been tasting the wrong shit the whole time. Going, yeah, I really love like. It. I like it
2: when you come from a workout and drink. You are really in a <laughs> I got to
0: say, and a juice and, cleanse, and, and a, a juice, juice cleanse, cleanse. <laughs> yeah.
2: We, we were doing that earlier today.
0: <laughs> so, look so, at me! Look at me! I'm a mess right now. I'm, this shirt is soaked. Just take it off.
1: I don't, Keep it on. I don't want to
0: show up. You know what? Colin's got the best background right now, so I don't want to show him up by taking my sure. shirt off.
1: Also, I have the best shirt on right now. Uh, it is what does that say? It Golden Crown Takeaway, which is a reference to Bluey, which is the best children's show on the planet. That's not biased. It just is a fact. It's an Australian uh, children's show about dogs, and it's amazing. Bluey. Bluey.
0: Have you seen it, Joe? Uh,
2: it didn't come up on any of my feeds yet. But I'm sure tonight when I go to look at YouTube, it's the first thing that's gonna be there. Absolutely.
1: Uh, anyway. Yeah. On yeah. to the onto the whiskey that Dan is uh, No,
0: we've already talked about it. Joe's already oh. given us the tasting notes. Oh, I just so was I was do, behind. But when now you I mean, have to taste it. How about why
2: don't we do gold label seagrass now? Should we move on to yeah. that?
0: Wait. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a 20-year-old Canadian can't, can't
1: Take over, East Coast co-host. Take over. I'm just going to sit back. So Dan's here. suffering from heat stroke at the moment. Um, <laughs> Joe, tell us again what we should be tasting in the wisp of apricot that just sort of changes it. <laughs> I think Dan's given up for the day. So, so.
0: Ah, this is funny. (laughs) You were saying, Joe. I don't know. This is
1: if you were if you were to do so. Back to back to your earlier conversation about this whiskey that Dan had no idea what we were talking about. uh, What specifically kind of tiki drink do you think you might put this in if somebody or if 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 somebody were to
2: a suffering bastard done. All What's right. in a suffering no bastard. I've never yeah, heard of it. That. Oh, okay. I was like,
0: oh, you know, You're making actually, up a drink. I'll tell you
2: yeah. one thing that we do with this with seagrass, not this one because I wouldn't do, I wouldn't I wouldn't do it to this product. It's a little more respect for it. but we have a um uh, we make a mango slushy with seagrass. We tried it out at work what? with a slushing machine and it was that afternoon we had made so much Everybody, it was. We were done working it too. It was, it was because it's, it goes down like you wouldn't believe it's amazing.
1: So, even if you were, say, you were drinking it neat or drinking it over ice and you just dropped a slice of mango in there, you try that, open it up, beautiful. That's my kind of cocktail. Open bottle, pour We don't have a slushy, I don't have a slushy slushy machine machine either.
0: You know a slushy machine guy, Joe? I know a guy. We got a couple fell off the truck. Well, I think we've covered everything today. <laughs> so, are you ready to try the gray, uh, the gold? Have label you tried it? Grass? Yeah, I've tried all of it. I've had all three of them. How? What am I missing? You,
1: I... Well, I want to hear your thoughts on the on the on the the gold label seagrass now, Dan. Oh, this one. Yeah, I want to hear your thoughts. It tastes slickery. <laughs>
0: Does anybody remember that commercial? No, no, no. It was a cold medicine commercial. I know, I'm not saying it tastes <clears> like cold <throat> medicine. It just it tastes delicious. But um Although, glad I guys will tell
2: you, it back up again. we just we just we got a sample of a product, and we I, I am telling you, all three of us tasted it and almost at the same time we said, "Cherry Robitussin," it was frightening,
0: frightening. <laughs> well, on that note, on the Cherry Robitussin note, <laughs> me messing it all up. I, uh, we're actually going to end the show because I don't want to have any more to have to do here. Cause I'm going to get into the, I'm going to really dive into this whiskey. In case you haven't told, uh, that
1: yeah. juice try clays. that again. Yeah. Juice glass. Uh, try it again. Joe, this was awesome. Thank you so much. For, I was, I really, enjoyed, uh, I really
2: enjoyed it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to meet you and thanks for all the, for all the fine bottles and, and especially getting to try the gray label before it hits the market. That's, is that, uh, uh, so thank you. Super excited, Dan! Thanks as always for having me on. Thanks to everybody who's listening. Are you wrapping? the show? Up? I, I, I'm,
0: I feel like I'm being forced out right now. All right, God, keep going, keep going. And I, I the you're show being of played off. I, I, I'm no, go ahead, play sure. me off. Go ahead, God. No, I want to hear him end I could the show.
1: Stick a hook through to you. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you be done.
0: Uh, if you want to check out Barrel craft spirits go to the website you're not gonna be able to get the booze on the website but you'll be able to learn a lot about the various spirits that they have on the website and and honestly joe comes on this show for a reason a lot of times because it is one of my favorite spirits in these united states and colin donnell reverence reverence
1: irreverent
0: irreverent november 30th on the peacock anything before that happening that people need to know about not a one. No. Vacation. Just taking vacation.
1: Going away. Hey, happy early birthday, buddy.
0: Thanks, man.
1: Happy birthday. Thank you. Jerry. Cheers to you. That's a good place to end. Yeah.
0: Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you on the next one.